Welcome back to North of Shy, the Baird and Warner North Shore podcast. We've got the whole crew here with us today. We've got Ian Robinson from Glenbrook. Hello, everybody. Dina Listener from Highland Park. Hi, everyone. Catherine Leonard from Evanston. Hello, hello. And yours truly, Eric Schwinger from Winnetka. And we're here today to talk about some of the common mistakes that we see in our job as managing brokers, some of the caveats, often overlooked regulations, and other things that, in our experience, Agents aren't always fully aware of, but uh, nonetheless can get them into some real trouble if they're not aware of these things. So, um, Ian, why don't you take us away? Well, with the market the way it's been and such low inventory, we're starting to see more and more agents having two buyers that want to make an offer on the same property. When this happens, that's called contemporaneous offers. And the Illinois Realtors has a disclosure form that you are required to provide to each of those buyers, if it's more than two, all of them. And that form discloses you have another buyer that's offering on the property. And it also gives that buyer the option to have you refer them to a different agent. Okay, they have mm -hmm. to be given that option. You must use that form whenever you have two buyers bidding on the same property. And we we're starting to see in my office, we just had this happen twice in the last week. So it's really important people pay attention to that. If you don't do that, the party that ends up not getting that offer, if your other client wins, could end up very upset and filing a complaint with IDFPR and you would get in some pretty big trouble. So make sure you're using that form. That's, All right. Contemporaneous offers. Where do we find that form? That You said that's in? It's an Illinois Realtor form. Illinois Realtor um, form. You should also be able to find it on BW1. I know my office has, has it in our docs, and I would imagine most offices do as well. Great. Ian, Thanks, can Ian. I ask you a question about that? Sure. Who would be the person that would fill out this form? Would it be the buyer's the agent? agent? The, the buyer's, buyer's agent. agent. Okay. The buyer's agent. The seller's agent has no obligation of, uh, to do anything unless it's dual agency. But I would say as, as a managing broker and someone that was a former president of the board, if you have a listing and you have more than one buyer making an offer on it, don't get involved with that. Refer both of those buyers out. That is that is a recipe for a, a, a probably lawsuit Absolutely. over that one. So and you be know, very careful. We've been suggesting to our agents to put this stuff. I know it's a digital age, but put the stuff in the car with you because the speed with which things are happening, you've got to have your fingers on these forms right away. Uh, it's just different than it used to be. Absolutely. Good point. So that kind of, we touched a little bit there on dual agency and avoiding it in certain situations. Um, dual agency is another issue that comes up a lot of times with teams, right? Uh, we as managing brokers sometimes hear team members come to us and say, hey, you know, we've got a situation where we have a listing and now we also have a buyer. Can one person on the team represent the listing side and one person on the team represent the buying side? So, uh, Dina, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your your take on that kind of situation? Sure, I'd be happy to. So with teams, regardless of how your team is structured, if you are on a team, you are considered one unit. The team is considered one unit. So what I have seen is um, a member of the team might have a listing and if it's a larger team, they may also have a buyer for that listing. It's important that you as the agent and the homeowner understand that if you are both on the same team, that you are considered one agent in a sense. So it can't be assumed that 
agent A gets the listing on the same team, agent B brings in the buyer, it's important that you disclose dual agency to both the buyer and the seller. And there really is no workaround with that. It just is what it is. So again, to bring back legalities into this, you are opening yourself up for some major liability if you don't disclose that the people who are representing the buyer and the seller are actually on the same team. And I would like to add that you see people not following this rule out there. And we're not going to go into who or what companies, but just because you see it, you know, we, we don't do that at Baird and Warner. We're going to adhere to the dual agency law um, closely. Yep. There's a lot of those things yes. in our business that we look out and we see. Yeah. Well, Baird and Warner, we follow the letter of the law yeah. and we train our agents too. And you see it out there and it's, you know, I, I always tell my agents, you know, that people rob banks. That doesn't mean we're going to go out and rob one too. Right. You know? right. So, and I think part of it is ignorance and part of it is just figuring that they're not going to get caught. Yeah. I think undisclosed dual agency is probably one of the worst violations as an agent that you can commit um, because not only are you not acting in the best interest of your clients, but uh, it is punishable by one of the stiffest penalties in real estate law. I believe you can get your license and Ian, maybe you can correct me on this. You can get your license completely in, indefinitely suspended, suspended uh, for however long IDFPR determines that okay. that would happen based on the, the exact circumstances. Uh, but certainly it would put you out of business for, for a time period. And uh, it, being out of business for a time period would probably go a long way towards killing your business. So you definitely don't want to do that. It's always better to make sure you're by the book with things like dual agency, the contemporaneous offers, all that kind of stuff. And, and to be clear, dual agency is completely legal in Illinois. You can do it, but there are rules you have to follow when you are acting as a dual agent. One of those is disclosing your dual agency status to both of the principals in a transaction, having them sign off on it. And then also there's a, a list of things that you can and you cannot do when you're acting as a dual agent. Um, so being familiar with that list of uh, prescribed and prohibited behaviors is really important. And even if you get everybody in the party to agree to dual agency, buyers, sellers, if you as the listing agent have then granted your seller a discount on the commission total, um, that is called a, a, a variable mm-hmm. and that needs to be disclosed if you are asked by, by a buyer's agent. It actually needs to be disclosed in the MLS too. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And also worth mentioning is that there is money to be made on dual agency and it's tempting sometimes mm-hmm. to tread into that gray area for uh, some additional commission. But as managing brokers, we can all tell you that if there is an issue, you will pay at least twice that, if not more, on the other end if this does turn around and become a problem. Our own Steve Baird um, is not a fan of dual agency. Yes, it's legal and there is a time and a place perhaps for it, but Steve yes. Baird has often said, and I don't think that's a great idea. I agree with him. I, I, <laughs> I, when I was selling before I was a manager, I did dual agency only one time because both the buyer and seller really insisted, mm-hmm. no, we want you to do this. We want you to do this. I was not comfortable with it. And that right. was the only time I ever did it. Um, another thing that we should know while we're talking about dual agency is if you, like I did when I was selling, decide you're not doing it and you're going to refer the buyer to somebody else. When you refer them, that's absolutely fine, and you can get a referral fee, but you can only get a referral fee if you disclose to both clients in writing mm-hmm. that you're getting the referral fee and they both are okay with that, which they're almost always going to be. That makes sense. 
Yeah. You've yeah. got skin in the game to some extent. Absolutely. Great. So uh, what are some of the other things that we we don't often encounter, but um, can get our agents in trouble if, you know, if they're not aware of it? There's one thing that we've seen in my office again recently, which is that agents are not our office agents, other agents. They're getting multiple offers on the properties. It's going way over asking. And right when they're about to accept the offer, they change the price to the highest price offer in the MLS. And then they put it under contract. Um, so this, to me, certainly strikes a fraud. And I think the banks might consider that mortgage fraud because it is, in effect, trying to interfere with the appraisal. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that at the very least, it's false advertising. And at the yes. worst, it's probably a mortgage fraud situation. So all the agents listening out there, if you've thought about doing this or you've seen other agents doing it, it is not a good idea. It is not OK to do it. Um, and you should talk to your managing broker if uh, if you see that being done out there in the marketplace. You know, our motto at Baird and Warner, again, coming from Steve Baird, is do the right thing. And I always feel like, folks, <laughs> we're in an industry where people already think that we're not terrifically reputable. Let's raise the bar. Let's do the right thing and raise the bar and, and uh, rid ourselves of this reputation. That's what we're always aiming for. Absolutely. Yeah. I would, I would like to add as something that we're seeing, um, things are busy. Mm -hmm. Agents are extremely busy right now, and um, they're really hustling to try to uh, often hastily fill out a contract for their buyers on a property. I think it's extremely important to go back over the details of that contract. It's very easy to make mistakes. I've made mistakes on contracts before. It's an easy uh, flip to say somebody's putting down 80% instead of 20% right. or um, not filling out the tax proration or, you know, there's some there's some places in the contract that are easy to mess, miss or or fill out incorrectly. So so is not to find yourself in hot water. Make sure that you're going over the details of the contract and ask your buyer to to go over, even though they're in a hurry. And yes, the offer may have to be submitted in a half hour. It's still important to look at those details in the contract because an attorney may not catch it. Absolutely. Yeah, the absolutely. devil is always in the details, right? I'm, I'm going to do a yeah. shameless plug for Baird and Warner, if I may. But our business model is that we managers don't have our own clients. So we are available to go over these contracts. I went over several yesterday with agents just to do exactly what you said, Dina. Have you got everything set? Is it correct? Because you're not going to have a second chance in a fast market like this. Yeah, it's easy to get caught up in the feeding frenzy that's out there and just whip through a contract and, you know, sign here and let's get it submitted. But um, it is always a good idea to take a step back, take a deep breath. You've always got time to take a step back, take a deep breath and double check your work and make sure everything's right. Quality over quantity, right? Or haste over makes waste. Yes, right? haste right? makes waste. Whatever the, whatever the cliche <laughs> is, it's out there. Um, great. What are some of the other things we're seeing? I'm also seeing, we touched on appraisals briefly. Um, we at Baird Warner are very fortunate to have key mortgage in our offices. And one of the key mortgage agents recently, our key mortgage loan officers recently came to our office and discussed 
you know, deal killing and things that could end up causing a, a deal to go down. And I'll save that for another day. But one of the things mentioned in that presentation is on appraisals and preparing the appraiser for an appraisal beforehand, making sure that they have all the information um, is very helpful because they are super busy and they are overwhelmed. And um, there are some uh, details, some things that you can help provide so that the appraiser is aware, including um, if there are multiple offers on the table, copies of those multiple offers. That said, always make sure to redact your mm -hmm. client's information before you pass that along or the buyer's yep. agent's client's information before you pass that along. We had really that same point. presentation in our office. It was super. And um, he emphasized for our agents that the appraisers are bound. They must accept what you present to them. And so um, I think personally, it's a way to win a listing to say, look, I'm not leaving you after we get a contract, I'm going to show up for the appraiser with the following materials. It, and it's uh, it's our job, but I think a lot of agents uh, forego that. Uh, way too many agents, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, another thing that we're seeing more now is backup offers. And I think it's important for buyer's agents and buyers to know that when that listing agent says, oh, you can be a backup offer. If that contract has not had the additional provision for cancellation of prior contract, initial by all parties and fully signed by the buyer and seller, it is not a backup offer. It is a maybe kind of promise from that listing agent that we might give you the first chance at it. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing people who are told that you're the backup offer and the sellers are refusing to sign mm -hmm. the contract or the listing agent frequently doesn't even understand what cancellation prior contract means and that you can actually have a second signed contract and send it to the attorney. And we're seeing these buyers with nothing signed, thinking that they're in a backup position. They see the property all of a sudden come back on the market or their agent gets notified it's coming back on the market. And boom, they're in multiple offers again. And they're, they're, they don't get it and they're devastated mm -hmm. and frustrated. Um, it is not a backup offer if it is not signed. It's just a verbal promise. And we all know what <laughs> verbal means. You know, it's worth the paper it's printed on. So keep that provision in mind. And if you're a listing agent, isn't it better if you're going to cancel one deal for whatever reason, isn't it better to have one already signed in mm -hmm. there than to roll the dice and risk that you're not going to get as good of an offer out there again? I would think so. That's worth repeating. <laughs> that is a great one yep, that yeah, I think absolutely. people don't know. Yeah. Do we have anything else we want to share today? I think that was a lot. Yeah. I think I that was I, I have episode. one more on my list. Yeah, what do you got? Go ahead, Ian. Uh, license status disclosure. Okay, what do you mean so by that? Remember, if you are buying, selling, or if you're the landlord or a tenant of a property, you are required to disclose your licensee status. So for members of the North Shore Barrington Association of Realtors, we have a required form. It's the licensee status disclosure. And it's for if you are the one of the clients, one of the principals, or if you are related or you are getting financial benefit from mm -hmm. it. So you fill out that disclosure appropriately and you have the, the other side consumers sign it so that they are made aware. The other thing you need to do when you're buying or selling property or leasing or, or renting it yourself, you need to make sure on the contract, whether it's a lease contract or a purchase contract, on the first page where it has where you put your name, after your name it has to say an, an Illinois real estate licensee. And on the signature page where your name is printed, you need to have an Illinois real estate licensee on the contract. So with the North Shore board, you do this form and you do the contract. The other boards, I'm not aware that they have a form. They just do it mm -hmm. on the contract. But the North Shore board does require us to use that uh, form as well. 
Yep. And if you're the listing agent on a property that you have an ownership interest or financial interest in, that should be disclosed on the MLS as well. Uh, at the very least in the agent remarks, but um, there's a probably line for it as well. Yeah. In, in yeah. the uh, public remarks mm -hmm. as well. You always want to overdisclose when you're in that type of situation because uh, not disclosing your licensee status can be a pretty hefty penalty as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If some disclose, disclose, yes, disclose that's right. on every yeah. topic. Yeah. Oh, and there's one other one that we shouldn't have to remind people of, but we really should, which goes to dual agency and the licensee status disclosure. If you are a principal in the transaction, in addition to being the agent, you cannot be a dual agent. You cannot represent somebody else when you are the client on the other side. <laughs> that is completely, <laughs> totally illegal, yet we see agents out there yeah. trying to do it um, while well, successfully having closings. Mm -hmm. um, so make sure you don't do that. That is one, probably the most illegal thing you could possibly mm -hmm. do uh, with license law. If it All seems right. wrong, it is wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, thanks very much, guys. I think this was a great conversation. Thanks, I hope uh, our listeners out there got a little something out of this. Uh, if you have additional questions or anything, always talk to your managing broker or give us a shout, and we're happy to talk through various scenarios with you.